Hello, and welcome back to the Glossy Week in Review podcast. I'm your host, senior fashion reporter, Danny Parisi, and I'm here with Glossy's editor-in-chief, Jill Manoff. Hello, Jill. Hello, Danny. How you doing? Good. Excited to talk about all we're going to talk about today. We have a good plan. Yes. We've got a lot of fun things to talk about. First, we're going to discuss the NBA, uh, which had their opening night on Tuesday. Um, I think it was the Lakers played uh, the season opener, and we're going to talk a little bit about NBA fashion for my money, the most stylish American sport is basketball. Um, but we'll talk about by that. By far. Heck yeah. By far, for sure. Uh, and then we're going to talk about a kind of surprising lawsuit from Skechers accusing Hermes, of all people, of, of copying their designs, which is very funny. Um, and then finally, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the early holiday marketing trends and tactics we're seeing from the fashion industry. Everybody knows they keep pushing holiday shopping stuff earlier and earlier, and we'll talk about some of the ways different brands are doing that. Um, But let's start with the NBA. So as I said, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, Football, baseball, no. Tennis, I think basketball is the most stylish American sport. Uh, Soccer, I think, does not have much of a presence here, and in Europe, maybe it wins by default. But for me, the amount of like athletes to popularity to good style at an average American basketball game, I think is very high. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Joe? And these are, yeah, I agree by far. I mean, football steps it up too. And there's usually great suits, but like the NBA, I mean, for better or worse, they're like model types, like they're muscular, they're mm-hmm. tall and thin. Okay. <laughs> like they look good yep. in a suit. Um, and Man, and I was disappointed. I was very closely following the St. Louis Cardinals over the summer. And um, so I started following their Instagram and they do show players walking into uh, the the field. I almost said the arena, the field. And I was so disappointed because I'm used to following Mm -hmm. my, you know, I love my league fits. And I was like, this is what they wear. (laughs) I mean, like the Cardinals are baseball, right? This is baseball. I'm betraying my lack of. knowledge on this stuff but St. Louis yeah, team. Just, they're handsome guys i mean jeans and a tee but like i don't know step it up guys i feel like baseball my stereotypical view is a lot of like mullets and like wraparound oakley sunglasses and stuff and just <laughs> like not very cool um but yeah i feel like the nba i mean and especially in the last five to ten years maybe the the style glow up from the majority of players has been incredible the the one we were talking about before recording this is LeBron at the the Lakers game the other night wore this incredibly cool white double-breasted suit with sunglasses. And it was a lot of people picked up that on his draft night, like 20 years ago, he wore a white suit and that this was maybe kind of a, an homage to that. But looking at them side by side, the difference in the two suits is hilarious to me because the one he wore 20 years ago is like this giant baggy, poorly fitting, like, Steve Harvey kind of suit with like a matching white shirt and white tie. And it's like, just it's like the sleeves are, you know, like dangling past his hands and stuff. And the one he wore the other night now in 2022 is like this Gucci, like Alessandro Michele kind of, I don't know if it's actually Gucci. I'm just saying aesthetically, it was like that kind of cool Euro almost sort of thing. He wasn't wearing a shirt under it. I think and just had like a gold chain looked very cool. And it's such a different vibe. Uh, for LeBron specifically, but I also feel like just in general NBA fashion compared to like 20 years ago. Oh my um, God. What did you think? 
First of all, don't be dissing Steve Harvey. That guy has some good style, I must say. <laughs> he makes it work. He makes it work. <laughs> he is, yeah, on fire. But um, wow, it, I was on the hunt for who made this great white suit. He looked sharp. He looked so good. Um, that looked really cool. I couldn't find it. And so I just signed up for this newsletter that um League Fits puts out. Apparently it's called like Where Do I Cop It or something like that. Where do I cop? Um, with the top eleven pieces from from the the week and where you can get them. Um, I signed up. I really want to know. Hopefully they know. Um, but yeah, it was a moment. I would love to know the immediate impact value. I saw a lot of stories on it. I was looking at um, if he was tagged anywhere because to find the suit, I couldn't find again. Um, but a lot of tagging happening. Um, it, there's also called out in the comments, which I noticed as well. Somebody's like, LeBron has the meanest purse collection. <laughs> and somebody said, are we carrying clutches now? It looks like a clutch, um, yeah. which is a look like. But there were some great bags on the the tunnel walking to the to the um, locker rooms yesterday. Um, I saw mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton duffel. I mean, multiple. I wonder if Goyard has a, um, anyway, an NBA strategy here. There were multiple, including by um, one carried by Russell Westbrook. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I I mean, coveting. There were great suits. Jason Tatum wore a Dolce & Gabbana fleece. I follow him on the Celtics because he's also an STL boy friend of Nelly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, there are a lot of logos, a lot of um lot of designer moments. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also was trying to dig up who made the white suit and I I could not find it anywhere. Uh, but it was great. It's a really cool suit. Um I remember a couple of years ago I did a, a limited series podcast that was about streetwear and um we were talking about kind of like the origin of street fashion and I forget who it was, but one of the guests was kind of saying there's several like lineages there's like skating there you know skateboarding there's like hip-hop there's basketball and there's like uh maybe it was like graffiti or street art or something a couple of different like subcultures sort of that have all contributed to like the modern streetwear and um basketball is one of them and also is closely associated i i would think with a few of the others um so in that sense i think it's benefited a lot from um like streetwear being mainstreamified in, in fashion and, and high fashion too. Um, so I think that's part of it, kind of like the DNA of it. And also like pop culture, like it's interesting. All, the biggest influencers of our time are in a, relationships with athletes, a lot NBA, like what Kardashian Jenner hasn't dated <laughs> an NBA player. Like anyway, also calling attention to these guys. Um, they have celebrity. I was just talking with Axel Arigato's um, co-founder, CEO, Albin Johansson. And he he basically said, you know, they're watching it. Um, he didn't necessarily say they're dressing celebrities, but he also called it the new runway. I've talked to Eric Torstensen from Frame a lot. Um, they've definitely dressed celebrities. They feature them on their Instagram stories. Um, I know that he tends to post things before they're live uh, per Frames PR, but I follow him on Instagram and he on his Instagram stories, he had some behind the scenes um, video of uh, a professional basketball player. I can't think of who it was, but um, on a shoot with him. Um, so they clearly have something more coming out. Um, but I mean, a lot of opportunity. What did you write about where it was? Um, I think an a StockX, a goat, a grailed, somebody had um, like logoed out, sponsored the tunnel officially. 
Am I? Oh yes, that was that was Goat, and I think that was last year or two years ago. They had. You're right. They they had bought um, like I don't know what you would call those, not display ads, but they had they had like put up Goat ads along the tunnel that like the NBA players are walking by. I mean, and if that's not like a, a perfect kind of like you like what this player is wearing, like come to Goat and see if you can find something like that. Um, so there's definitely like brand strategies in place around the NBA. I, I was just searching through my email for like various NBA things I've been pitched or, or been sent. And you know, like LVMH had like a whole big partnership with the NBA um, two years ago, I think it was late 2020. Um, so yeah, a lot of the brands are very aware. It's not just like, it's not just like dressing players or organic stuff. It's like they, they have strategies in place on, on capitalizing on the cultural cachet and the, the league fits and all that. Yeah. And um, even Rebecca Minkoff, which it wasn't directly tied to the players, but her email yesterday on opening day, the subject line was happy first day of basketball season. You open it up. It's this cross body bag, which is very, you know, of the moment where it's very novelty. It was in the shape of a basketball. It said the perfect uh, bag to take to the game. Um, so kind of fun and playful. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder, you know, there's also attention on, I literally, I'm so obsessed with this topic. I just, anyway, I love watching the guys and what they're wearing. But then also there was this moment where last season, last year, I think Vanessa Hudgens was like singing the national anthem. She was wearing this amazing Burberry, um, orange menswear blazer as a dress. Um, and, you know, I start poking around like what the what people wear in the front row. I mean, it's icon- It's this amazing moment. It reminds me of like Jack Nicholson going to the Lakers games back in the day. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. it's a it's a cultural moment. People get dressed up. We see what Kendall's wearing, mm-hmm. what Rihanna's wearing. Um, I really want to photograph in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. I like I literally I started an Instagram account that never posted, but I'm like, I'm going to be the league fits of the front row, <laughs> like courtside <laughs> fits, well, whatever. Um, but uh, it, I just think that's that's also a moment. And I'm sure, you know, if brands see that somebody's maybe has a se- has season tickets, we'll see more there, too. <laughs> All right. Well, this this season, then my my goal is going to be to actually watch games all season long and not like trail off after a couple of weeks. And your goal will be to make this Instagram account happen. Um, yes. Let's talk about uh, the Hermes and Skechers thing. This like completely came out of nowhere for me, but um, Skechers is filing a lawsuit against Hermes, accusing Hermes of um, like copying a, sh- a sneaker design. And I was looking at it, and it's. It, it's like so the the Hermes sneaker is like this kind of high top slip on thing with like a thick white rubber sole that's kind of like jagged, and the Skechers shoe that they say it's it's like ripping off is not a slip on and it's not a high top, and it's got laces and it looks very different, but it does have the admittedly very similar like thick jagged kind of rubber white rubber sole, um, so. I, it's not like they don't look anything alike, but to me, I'm sort of like, I don't know how many ways is there to design a shoe. Um, it's definitely seems like overly litigious in my view. I'm not a legal expert on, on the strength and merit of these things. I mean, they're both big companies. They're in totally different worlds, but like, it's not like uh, an underdog kind of situation, you know, they're, they're both big. Um, Weird though, completely came out of nowhere. What, what what do you think, Joe? Yeah, so bizarre. We were talking about it in our channel. Obviously, other usually the other way around, but 
the chunky soul is hot. The soul with interest is hot. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much, there's like you said, there's only so many ways to, I don't know, design a shoe, design a soul. And there's bound to be overlap. And when I went and investigated further, the amount of legal activity happening with suing over like, yeah, copyright infringement is wild. Like, Skechers. From Skechers specifically or, yes. or from? Skechers. So Skechers has sued Nike, Easy Spirit, and Brooks. Skechers has been sued by Adidas and Converse. Like, whoa. Anyway, yeah. that's, a, that's a, you know, the ones that I know of. Um, usually, like, they're settled. And I, I don't know. Skechers came out and said, you know, we put a lot of thought, effort, investment into our research and development. This is, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, Actually, I, I have their go ahead. I have their quote here. It says, "It is. It is. Uh, okay. It says it is disappointing that a company of Hermes's reputation and standing has chosen to copy and infringe Skechers' patented designs. While Skechers always prefers to compete in the marketplace rather than the courtroom, the company has no choice but to seek legal recourse when competitors blatantly tread on our rights. Tread. Very funny. Good pun from <laughs> Skechers. Um, but yeah, that's their." That's their argument. Also, Jill, on that topic, I'm going to send you something. Yes. This is the Nike Space Hippie sneaker. I don't know if you've seen these, but um, came out like a couple of years ago. It's made out of recycled materials. It's their sort of like um, like eco product line. If you scroll down a little bit, does it not have like very <laughs> similar sole? Like this, I think this the came wavy. out before. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's got this speckled kind of look, whereas the Hermes and Skechers ones don't, but like the shape is like very similar. Yeah, it's not and the first honestly, one that came out with a with a tread or with a wavy sole. I don't even know because I feel like there's some Yeezy sneakers that kind of have a similar, I don't know. I just like, I feel like unless it's literally identical and it's like they stole like the molds or whatever out of, you know, Skechers like factory or something. I don't know. I mean, it's a shoe sole. Like it looks a lot like a lot of the other ones, and that sort of like thick sole with like a kind of crazy pattern. I honestly, I feel like Yeezy is the one that has like made that that idea super popular with like the big bulbous or chunky kind of like textural soles. So I don't know. It doesn't seem nearly close enough to me to warrant you know a lawsuit. But I don't know. That's why I'm not on the legal team for a giant apparel company. Right on. We'll say if people really are just worried about the look of the soul, don't worry. They'll go for the $100 Skechers and not the $900 Hermes, Hermes shoe. <laughs> so. It is crazy. The price difference is, is nuts. But one final thing though, it is funny because I feel like the super high luxury uh, brands, like I, I feel like I've written about this and talked about it a bunch, but the difference between them and like a Skechers or a like a Gap or even Nike or whatever. It's like not as much as it used to be in terms of design. Like they, like Hermes and, and like Balenciaga or like whatever these big European luxury brands do make stuff that is inspired by brands like Nike or whatever that's only costs like a fraction of what they make. So it's like, it's it's notable that like these two worlds are now close enough that Skechers could feasibly accuse Hermes of copying them. And it's like not totally ridiculous because they are kind of all playing in similar worlds now. It's a really good point. We're all making yeah. sneakers folks. 
<laughs> yes, we are. Let's talk about our last topic, which is holiday marketing. I'm sure this is going to come up a lot uh, on the glossy site, like in our in our writing the next couple of months. And like every year we talk about how brands keep pushing and the retailers keep pushing holiday shopping and marketing stuff earlier and earlier. Um, still happening again this year. And I thought we could talk a little bit about just some of like the tactics or trends we're seeing. Um, an obvious one that I'll, I'll throw out there first is just like, for me as a reporter, just getting pitched holiday stuff way earlier. Um, I, I got a pitch from a brand and it's under embargo, so I can't say who it was, but they were like, we're doing our sec there. We're doing a holiday drop. And I was like, wow, they're doing a holiday drop in October. But then I clicked on the email and it was like, it's our second holiday drop of the year. They had already done one last month. Oh my so God. Their first holiday drop was in September, like, you know, so long before any of the typical holiday shopping season weeks or whatever. So I feel like that's kind of the standard thing that's, that's happening already is just putting out these holiday sales and collections and stuff like way, way earlier. Man, gone are the days of Cyber Monday and Black Friday being it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like those, obviously, I think people are going to go out and shop on Black Friday. You're going to be off work. That's <laughs> just what you do. Um, yeah. I don't know if anything will be exceptional. Like you said, everything's earlier. Where I see maybe uh pullback, there's a lot of talk among brands about discounting and they don't want to discount and they're just especially a lot of like a direct-to-consumer brands maybe it's their one um, time of year where they do something an event a sales event but they you know margins low margins are their shtick and they're you know if they go on sale now what do people think the rest of the year anyway there's a lot of talk about avoiding discounting um something i'm seeing right now out of the gate um I guess a focus on pricing that's not necessarily discounting, like Hims and Hers has this like intro. They introduce gifts under $30 and it's like smaller or, um, yeah, more travel size, more compact. And it's also on the same note, kind of a, it's good to see a return to gift sets. Um, last year we had our it's kind of a value play. It's more kind of impactful when you give a set versus a single item. But we had our beauty leaders dinner last year and everybody was talking about kind of how that was, that drove a big business for these brands, um, beauty brands. And they weren't able to do it because of the supply chain issues. They kind of they didn't know if they, you know, ordered this, if they started manufacturing it, when they'd get it, and they'd be stuck with all this stuff that they couldn't sell because it was no longer seasonal. So it was, it was like for a holiday, they were prepping with evergreen um, product. Um, it's a wonder. Now that they're back, I'm like, is this from last year? Because I'm seeing so many gift sets. Or did people just get yeah. smarter about their supply chain and um, prepared a good, I don't know, 10 months, year in advance to make sure they had it? Yeah, I hadn't thought about gift sets, but that, that's a really good point. And and also to your point on pricing, one thing that I've seen is, again, just like going by my my inbox, I've gotten a, a good amount of pitches from various like resale or secondhand places that are kind of pitching themselves as like, if you need to do holiday shopping and you're, you know, want to save money or something. And that's kind of their pitch all the time is that it's, it's cheaper than buying stuff new. Um, but I definitely am feeling like a, a holiday specific, like if you're, you know, inflation, if you're trying to spend less, you know, check out resale. So that's something I, I think they're definitely going to push for 
this season. Yeah. And getting around some of the pricing. Well, first of all, the spacing out of the spend, like it makes sense to shop early Mm -hmm. as everyone's budgeting. Yeah. I'm seeing some fancy stuff. My sister is very much a budget conscious shopper. Um, Target, like she's a deal hunter. She's a deal hunter. She used to be on the local news as the savvy shopper and come and give tips. Oh wow! <laughs> I know. So she, um, she shops has been shopping at Target and telling me, of course I'm shopping now. Um, they have, you know, you can go back anytime between now and the holidays. If it goes cheaper, you can get the difference. And she's, I'm like, well, who's going to go to all that trouble? And she's like, oh no, I do it. It's just a chat online and they immediately refund you the difference. Like she knows. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that's cool. Um, and I'm also, also been seeing kind of, um, we were pitched the, this route tracking app. There's a lot of kind of uh, oh, yeah. workarounds. It's just, it tracks all of your packages in once. So I, I just feel like there's a lot of tools at people's disposal to kind of get around the supply chain shipping woes of prior prior years, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, you got to get, you got to be smart, I guess. You can't wait to the last minute and drop, drop your budget there and count on it. Yeah, I definitely smooth. think re- returns are already like a pain in the ass for a lot of brands and retailers and stuff. And so I'm sure this holiday season is going to be just as bad, if, if not worse. Um, one other holiday thing I wanted to mention is, again, like we we don't do like a traditional gift guide, like the way lots, some publications do, but people still pitch them stuff to us all the time. That's like, if you are doing a gift guide, like include this stuff. Um, and I, I was thinking there's sort of an interesting chicken in the egg kind of situation where it's like they they meaning brands like pitch publications on gift guide stuff earlier which then means maybe the publication runs their gift guide earlier which means that the the brands will then pitch them earlier i wonder if there's i i I don't have hard evidence for this but that's like kind of the vibe i get like they keep sending me stuff in like september even august they're like when you're planning your gift guides keep us in mind they like try to get so ahead of it uh and then publications will put their gift guides out earlier and and you know go from there. I don't know if that's 100% true, but that's the sense I get. We are driving this madness <laughs> with our gift guides. <laughs> well, we we don't really do a gift guide, but Dude. but maybe we should. No, we actually are in the pop shop this year, so be ready for that that's right. early November. Okay, we will have our gift we will have our first gift guide. It'll then. be hot, some influencers picks, some trend gift guides, night lux, all of that preview. But anyway, the only other things I'm seeing are, um, again, to get out around discounting and still add some sexiness to what brands are doing. I'm seeing like Sarah Flint is launching like a collaboration with an influencer just in time for the holidays with um, Grace Atwood. And so I feel like, you know, limited edition items, collaborations, we're going to see more, th- more of that in the next couple of weeks. Um, and also Kohl's, like there was a great WWD story talking about how they were um, really going in for the holiday on things that are kind of out, you would think kind of outside of their wheelhouse, like electric bikes, mm-hmm. outdoor tents, barware, oh, pet beds. And so it reminded me of, you know, like Neiman Marcus fantasy gifts or what, what they call like their ho- the holiday ca- catalog and some of those like luxury brand plays where it's just like, it's so compelling and it's just fun to shop because it's like, ooh, what's this? It's like this discovery, exciting shopping experience. It feels festive. Anyway, I feel like we'll also see more more of this, which is a larger, a larger lift for a brand, yeah. a larger investment uh, for a retailer, I mean. But um, yeah, I think that will probably prove worth it if you don't want to be discounting a lot. 
And maybe this will finally inspire me to get my own holiday shopping done in advance because I feel like I never, ever do that. But this is going to be the year. I'm going to get everything done in October. No, I'm just kidding. Probably not. Yeah, um, haven't started. For re- no, not even neither. close. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Jill, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. For those of you listening, if you haven't, you should give us a rating and a review for the Glossy Podcast, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. That really helps us out a lot. Uh, And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should do that as well, because we've got Week in Review episodes every Friday with me and Jill. And every Wednesday, usually Jill, sometimes me, will interview some interesting person in the industry. Uh, This last week's episode was my first time hosting that with Nate Chaggett from Roan. Um, Jill, you are doing the next one. Who's your guest for the next episode? Yes, but definitely check out Nate Checkets and Danny. It was so good. But um, next week, so excited. It's a good one. Um, Trisha Smith, global CEO of Anthropology. She'll be talking about she's newer to the company, talking about all she's doing there. And also um, the brand, the company is celebrating 30 years, which is wild. So just talking about kind of, yeah, it's road thus far and what it's doing from here. Well, sounds good. Uh, Well, thanks again, Joe, for being here. And for all of you listening, thank you. Thank you.